0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Sporting Blog Podcast. We have not managed to get a a recording up for a couple of days. It's been very busy at uh, SBHQ. Uh, Quite a lot going on. And uh, we do have some interesting podcasts coming up. So doing a bit of prep for that. We've been having a look at the blog itself, um, trying to reshape that a little bit, uh, focus on what people are genuinely looking to read and know about. Um, So anyway, been busy with that. Um, Two major things to discuss this week, the return of the Premiership and uh, Royal Ascot. Now... As most of you know, uh, outside of this universe, I also work in racing and so <clears throat> I was a keen observer um, of how um, racing was presented as you know one of the first sports to come back live alongside Premiership football the same week. Now, the truth is racing is probably in a better position than most sports to to make a comeback during lockdown um, and had been working very hard behind the scenes, contrary to what some people may have you believe, um, to be in the best place to do it. They just couldn't do it immediately and needed to bide uh, time. And make sure everything was in place correct ship shape etc etc so that they could put on successful events um like the guineas and like ascot um and i think we've seen a pretty good um job of all that um, i have to say that although i'm a sort of racing fan by virtue of of work um i had a really good time watching ascot this week um Mainly on Sky rather than ITV. I did obviously dabble in both. Um, <coughs> I thought both both okay. sides did a really good job of filling in um, on what they, you know normally they would be showing clothes and dancing around the betting ring and all that other stuff that was slightly infuriating, um, <coughs> but. Uh, this week they actually had to talk more about the horses and um, they had to uh, to talk generally more about the sport. And for me, that worked really well. Um, and I think they did a reasonable job of um, speaking to some owners and trainers on the phone and things like that, which add a new flavour and I think are important for people to understand how the whole patchwork of the sport fits together. So overall, um, I thought that was cool. And in terms of the actual sport, well, the quality of the racing was was fantastic. Um, probably, well, not probably, no doubt in my mind, headlined by the performance of Stradivarius. Um, and yeah, watch that race. If you haven't seen that, just Google Stradivarius Ascot 2020, and you'll see an unbelievably uh, well-timed and um, judged ride by Frankie de Tory on, you know, one of the great staying horses ever, no doubt. But the ride itself was fantastic. Uh, just the poise and the way he had the horse under control and then just let him go when he needed to and he just obliterated the rest of them. I mean, it really was a... Uh, hairs on the back of your neck moment to see uh, a horse run like that and just shows the mark of the animal and um the greatness of the jockey who uh stitched me up actually um thanks Frankie uh by taking the top jockey title uh nicking it on the last day off of Jim Crowley that was my bet for the week um which I got a good price on and uh Frankie took it away from me so Next time I'm in Newmarket, Frankie, I will be looking for a drink from you at the very least. The other thing that (coughs) came back to our screens, obviously, and you can't really avoid it if you're a human, um, was the return of the premiership. Um, And again, uh, less for them to fill in time with, uh, which is a bit worrying in football because the punditry is generally so bad. And the comment and discussion is so mind numbingly repetitive, um, and you learn nothing new. Uh, and this is in my opinion, I'm sure others would beg to differ, but if I line up uh, 20 minutes before an NFL game and an NBA game, and even before a tennis match, uh, if it's done by the right broadcaster, uh, compared to uh, Sky's coverage and BT's of Premiership football—you um, you, just—I don't know—the whole thing. I just don't. I find it maddening, really. You've got the world's most popular sport, and the the punditry and comment is unbelievably robotic, um, quite biased in most occasions, and it's just—you know—for it, me, it just feels like filling in time. And, you know, if I I hear the words quality, week in, week out, uh, pace, he's frightened of pace. I mean, it's just the same old stuff and it has been for years. So I don't know if anyone watches this stuff anymore. I think, I don't know if people just turn on and tune in for the game. I know that on uh, Twitter, I saw people raging after the Spurs-Man U game because Sky had two ex-Manchester United players as pundits and apparently in the game commentary were focusing very much on the Pogba Fernandez uh new midfield combo and it felt a bit like a Man You love in. Um, but people will have to understand as the biggest club the uh broadcaster will, you know, talk about them more than the other one. And um the people that are watching are you know probably are more majority Man U fans, so maybe they want to hear about all of that. Um I think that we saw a couple of talking points. In that game, there were some questionable penalty decisions. uh, But the the biggest talking point since it's been back was the Sheffield United goal that wasn't. A ball, uh, if you haven't seen or or didn't know about this, Sheffield United um, scored a goal. The ball did go over the line by, I think, about half a foot, maybe a bit, bit more. Um, and the goal line technology, which normally sort of creates an audible somewhere when the ball has wholly crossed the line, did not go off. And uh, replays showed that it clearly did. But again, the, the, the confusion about all of this seems to me to lie in the common sense idea that if the ref has any doubt... And that can you know, and also i don't think by the way it's a bad thing for this doubt you know to be encouraged by the fact that it's something going wrong has been brought to his attention if all eleven players of the opposition are saying, "Please at the next time out, can you just check that because we think it went over the line, and if the coach is saying the same thing to the fourth official, and the two uh, assistant referees slash linesmen women, as they used to be known, are not sure then any other industry you know just so bonkers that a referee wouldn't say okay i'll just go and have a check not just dismiss it and say the technology didn't go off i appreciate that that could open up a can of worms um, but you know what sometimes these things do need opening up because it's just crazy that the common sense approach isn't applied when you've got cameras everywhere and it's very easy to see the ball went over the line um, now, normally the goal line technology is pretty good um, and there's been no issues with it before, I don't think, like this. But that's an important thing for Sheffield United beyond belief. Um, you know, that could be the difference between them qualifying for Europe. It could be the difference between them having their highest ever finish in, in the Premier League. Uh, forget the money side of it, but it could also have financial um, repercussions and so on and so forth. And at the moment, they've got an apology from Hawkeye, so everyone knows, but that doesn't really help because it's just to say, uh, you know, we're sorry. Well, Hawkeye might have got it wrong, but my opinion, I don't know why the referee can't get involved, as surely he is supposed to be in charge of the integrity of that particular match. He's there to apparently, although not in the case of the Spurs-Man-U game again, where a common sense would, another common sense issue. If a a penalty is, is... reversed by VAR because there's no foul and a player has fallen to the floor claiming a foul, then that player should be retrospectively punished for simulation. Uh, The common sense approach again. Now, why a referee can't take that into his own hands and say, right, it wasn't a foul. VAR has said that you simulated. Now, of course, it's Manchester United. It's their new star player. The Premier League don't want that. They don't want to have this person held up as a cheat, but that's what's happened. He's cheated, and the VAR people have said, yeah, he's cheated, so he's not going to get a penalty, Uh, in which case you should be punished for cheating, and I don't understand why there is so much inconsistency with this, and everyone who's listening and watches football knows financial fines aren't going to make much of a difference, but if if you dive and you get a yellow card and you do it again within a 10 match period or even in the season and you get a 3 game ban people will stop doing it i mean they will but um at the moment it, it it's um it's basically deemed like if you have a go at it and you might get booked uh, especially if you've got a ref who's you know on it or on one you might get booked otherwise have a go because the worst thing that can happen is you, you get a telling off and maybe a yellow. But most of the time you'll you'll win the penalty and then the, the person at the VIR end of things is going to have to make a decision on whether to call you a cheat or not. So I think consistency has, you know, the fact that the, the league's been away for three months, these, you know, what I would have thought, a wonderful opportunity to sit down and say, right, we've got to get the show back on the road, but let's look at all of the things that have not worked and that we can discuss at length and uh, see if we can improve them. And uh, I think the VAR has obviously had its own checkered um, uh, history so far, but uh, that that really is the, the bit that no one understands. You, you know, a decision is made, uh, therefore the rules should be implemented and they're not. So again, why does the referee not not make that decision uh, as someone who's looking after that particular game. Um, Aside from that, it obviously has been a bit of a welcome distraction. I believe also that the right steals have been a good thing, largely. It was interesting last night to see a, a Premiership game on the BBC and over 3 million viewers, which some people seem to think was rather low, but I think if you knew the true viewing figures of... These things in the UK, you'd realise that's actually pretty good. Um, so I think that you know those two sporting uh, happenings, Ascot and the Premier League returning, have been, I think quite, I think quite good. I mean, working in the industry, it's great just to see some movement. It's also great to see a bit of commercial nouse, like the uh, relaxing of uh, broadcasting rights uh, for these games to try and obviously uh, appease some of the sponsors who want their money back Um, but uh, I think that overall it it also gives a general feeling that things might be returning to normal um, in terms of day-to-day life and that in my opinion at the moment is what's necessary uh, from a number of different reasons Um, so I really just wanted to touch on those bits and to let you know what we've got coming up um in general uh we should be obviously well into um the cricket season by now and are not just yet um but the west indies are here and pakistan are coming so um, I think we, we've got a couple of new cricket writers who want to write, um, which is quite fun. Uh, as you know, or maybe you don't, but here on the um on the blog I do try and talk about how how all of that stuff works as well. Um as we are not a big commercial organisation yet maybe we will be, maybe we never will be. It depends on what direction we take this, but um, we do pay writers. And um, uh, unless the content's not unique or they, for some reason, want to just publish stuff uh, and we think, but generally we try to pay people uh, because I think people should be paid for their work. Uh, And what is interesting is that you'd be surprised um, how little people read about cricket at the moment, um, based on, just purely on the stats anyway. Um, people have a lot of opinions about cricket and so on, but I believe the days of reading sort of long, long pieces about, <laughs> about the days of uh, cricket past might be over, unfortunately. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how we go. I certainly will try and get some... Um, some guests related to cricket on the podcast that's for sure uh talking of guests um this week and or early next a couple of guests uh to look out for um hopefully next couple of days um I'll have Immy Barkley on who is a a sports presenter uh, and event host and I want to be talking to her about uh, women in sport and um, some of the challenges she's faced uh, in getting stuff done and so on and so forth uh, she's really interesting and has a different background to most people that work in in that side of sport so I'm, I'm keen to to get that story out there and um, just listen to some of her experiences. Uh, I'll be speaking to Merrick Hayden also of uh revolution sports marketing who's been in the game for a long time and uh, worked at lots of different uh, events and and managed various different sports from rowing to to cricket to racing and and nfl and and others so um that's going to be interesting both of those if you're if you're keen on the sports business side of things and um I am going to try and get um as I said some cricket chat in before um that all kicks off properly and maybe we we will try and get some uh, football related chat on. I'd like to expand more on some of these grievances we have that don't seem to be <clears throat> addressed year on year and what is it going to take to address them. uh you know, I could write a long list of things that have been reasonably infuriating since, well, since the Premier League began. Really, uh, diving and simulation in general is sort of slightly newer, but you know, we don't have to go back um, too far, really. I mean, you see a case of it most weeks, and and nothing really changes, and. Only one or two managers have ever called out their players on it. And um, I appreciate the massive pressure that managers are under to pick up results. Um, But integrity is also an important thing. So um, I will try and get some people on actually to have a chat about that because I think it's an emotive topic and I think the more we're talking about it, potentially there's a way that it will find itself to a place that um, maybe one day something will get done about it too so that's it for today really, it's just checking in and to have a chat about those two things Um, I am going to do an answer the internet as well this week Um, if you want to really put some pressure on, then feel free to suggest a topic and uh, I'll try my best to answer the questions on it. Uh, Until then, I hope you have a good start to the week and um, you'll be hearing from me soon. So cheerio for now.